a reading from the book of Exodus. In those days, in their thirst for water, the people grumbled against Moses, saying, Why did you ever make us leave Egypt? Was it just to have us die here of thirst with our children and our livestock? So Moses cried out to the Lord, What shall I do with this people? A little more, and they will stone me. The Lord answered Moses, Go over there in front of the people, along with some of the elders of Israel, holding in your hand as you go the staff with which you struck the river. I will be standing there in front of you on the rock in Horeb. Strike the rock, and the water will flow from it for the people to drink. This Moses did in the presence of the elders of Israel. The place was called Massah and Meribah because the Israelites quarreled there and tested the Lord, saying, Is the Lord in our midst or not? The word of the Lord. Day of Massa in the desert. 
tempted me. They tested me, though they had seen my works. If to reading from the letter of St. Paul to the Romans. Brothers and sisters, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith to this grace in which we stand, and we boast in hope of the glory of God. And hope does not disappoint, because the love of God has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. For Christ, while we were still helpless, died at the appointed time for the ungodly. Indeed, only with difficulty does one die for a just person, though perhaps for a good person one might even find courage to die. But God proves his love for us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. The word of the Lord. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Jesus came to a town of Samaria called Sachar, near the plot of land that Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there. Jesus, 
tired from his journey, sat down there at the well. It was about noon. A woman of Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, give me a drink. His disciples had gone into the town to buy food. The Samarian woman said to him, how can you, a Jew, ask me, a Samaritan, a Samaritan woman for a drink? For Jews use nothing in common with Samaritans. Jesus answered and said to her, if you knew the gift of God and who is saying to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, sir, you do not even have a bucket and the cistern is deep. Where can you get this living water? You are greater, are you greater than our father Jacob who gave this cistern and drank from it himself with his children and his flocks? Jesus answered and said to her, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I shall give him will never thirst. The water I shall give will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I may not be thirsty or have to keep coming here to draw, draw water. Jesus said to her, Go call your husband and come back. The woman answered and said to him, I do not have a husband. Jesus answered her, You are right in saying I do not have a husband, for you have had five husbands and the one you have now is not your husband. What you have said is true. The woman said to him, Sir, I can see that you are a prophet. Our ancestors worshiped on this mountain, but you people say that the place to worship is in Jerusalem. Jesus said to her, Believe me, woman, the hour is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You people worship what you do not understand. We worship what we understand because salvation is from the Jews. But the hour is coming and is now here when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. And indeed, the Father seeks such people to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. The woman said to him, I know that the Messiah is coming, the one called the Christ. When he comes, he will tell us everything. Jesus said to her, I am he, the one speaking with you. At that moment, his disciples returned and were amazed that he was talking with a woman. But still no one said, what are you looking for? Or why are you talking with her? The woman left her water jar and went into the town and said to the people, come, see a man who told me everything I have done. Could he possibly be the Christ? They went out of the town and came to him. 
Meanwhile, the disciples urged him, Rabbi, eat. But he said to them, I have food to eat of which you do not know. So the disciples said to one another, could someone have brought him something to eat? Jesus said to them, my food is to do the will of the one who sent me and to finish his work. Do you not say in four months the harvest will be here? I tell you, look up and see the fields ripe for the harvest. The reaper is ready, is already receiving payment and gathering crops for eternal life so that the sower and the reaper can rejoice together. For here the saying is verified that one sows and another reaps. I sent you to reap what you have not worked for. Others have done the work and you are sharing the fruits of their work. Many of the Samaritans of the town began to believe in him because of the word of the woman who testified, he told me everything I have done. When the Samaritans came to him, they invited him to stay with them, and he stayed there two days. Many more began to believe in him because of his word, and they said to the woman, we no longer believe because of your word, for we have heard for ourselves, and we know that this is truly the Savior of the world. The Gospel of the Lord. On this third Sunday of Lent, we can hear in the scriptures references to water in each one of the readings, really. And it fits in a special way in that during Lent, the unbaptized, the catechumens, are preparing for baptism at the Easter Vigil. And all of us who are baptized are preparing through Lent to renew our baptismal promises on Easter Sunday. So this theme of water is reminding us of this journey and what the Lord is inviting us to receive from him. We can hear Jesus thirsting for souls and our thirsting for him in a beautiful way that Jesus is inviting us to deeper life with him. In the first reading, we have Israel in the desert thirsting for water, complaining like usual, and Moses is instructed by the Lord to strike the rock with his staff. The water would come forth mysteriously. And perhaps we can see in that a biblical foreshadowing of when Jesus is uh, pierced with a lance on the cross and water flows from his side. And then we have this beautiful gospel that only appears in St. John's gospel where Jesus is there at the well with the Samaritan woman. And in the scriptures, when there's a well and a meeting of people at a well, there's often going to be a marriage that comes out of that relationship. So we see this again of how Jesus is showing us, he's uh, drawing us to himself. So he comes to the woman and says, give me a drink. And she objects for a bit, but then he says, if you knew the gift of God and who is saying to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him 
and he would have given you living water. Living water, we notice, not stagnant water. And we'll see in a little bit, what does that refer to, living water? Jesus says, whoever drinks the water I shall give will never thirst. The water I shall give will become in him a spring of water, welling up to eternal life. So again, a moving spring of water within the heart of someone that comes to him. There's a parallel in John chapter 7, where Jesus said, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me. Let him drink who believes in me. Scripture has it from within him, rivers of living water shall flow. So again, living water, rivers of water now, and abundance. And then it says in John 7, Jesus was referring to the Spirit. So that's what the living water is referring to, what the fountain is, the Holy Spirit that the Lord wants to give as his gift. And we say Jesus then is going to invite the woman receiving that to encounter her real thirsting, to come to honesty of her life in truth. And the Lord won't shame her or condemn her, but he's going to call forth her being truthful. So he says, go call your husband. And she'll say, I have no husband. And then Jesus will say, well, you've had five husbands. The man you're with now is not your husband. What you said is true. So he's calling forth her to face the reality of her life and how she's been thirsting in relationships, thirsting for real love and real belonging. And so again, Jesus calling that forth. And it's interesting, one of the scripture commentators notes that you have five previous husbands. One man is she's with, so there's six. Jesus, standing before her, is the seventh man in her life. Seven, a symbol for perfection. So in a certain way, Jesus, the true bridegroom of the soul, is inviting her to this union with him, inviting all of us as the bride of the church to again join in our bridegroom, Jesus, in the power of the Holy Spirit. In the reading from Romans today too, we see this reference. St. Paul says, hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who's been given to us. So again, the Holy Spirit, the love of God poured into our hearts. That's the gift the Lord wants to give and wants to renew within us, to open our hearts to his Holy Spirit. And he says further, God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. So the Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth, as well as the spirit of God's love. When we grow in our honesty and our humility, we can live more in the power of the Holy Spirit. I have a little visual aid for us in front of the altar. Those of you that might be listening on the radio can't see this, but here there's a crystal clear bowl with water in it. And there's a sponge that I cut out in the form of a heart. So think about the scripture or the refrain today. If today you hear his voice, harden not your hearts. Our hearts symbolized by this could be rather stiff inflexible and if they're put in the water just by sitting on the top of it 
They don't absorb very much. So if we're kind of surface in our prayer life, surface in our relationship with the Lord, we're not able to absorb as much of the anointing of the Spirit. But if we immerse ourselves in the Holy Spirit of our baptism, then you'll see the sponge is very flexible. It actually holds more of the water and can overflow. So our hearts, if we immerse ourselves in the Lord, let the Holy Spirit sink deep into every part of our life, then we can have a, an anointing that really fills us and actually can overflow to others. So think about how we can do that in Lent. Think about a good confession where we, again, uh, honestly look, where is my life? How am I following you, Lord? Where do I need your mercy and forgiveness? Where do I need healing? So a good confession, deepened prayer. We will listen to the Lord. We hand over to him things that we need to surrender. And the ways that we keep learning our faith, listening to the Lord as we learn, perhaps in reading the catechism, reading some good spiritual writings. But in whatever way, the Lord wants to help us receive that gift of the Holy Spirit afresh and allow that Holy Spirit to bring healing and new life in us so that when we come to Easter, we can join with all those who are becoming members of the church, that we as brothers and sisters in Christ can walk more freely in the power of the Holy Spirit and let that thirsting in our hearts be answered by the Lord's thirst for us and his giving himself to us.